Welcome to Recon Podcast, episode number four. Recon is the Research and Education Collaborative Occultation Network. Our website, tnorecon.net, has more information about our project. I'm your host for today, Mark Bowie. This episode is long overdue due to a very exciting occultation deployment I've been leading. I've just returned from spending ten nights in Argentina for the first of three, maybe four, occultation chases. On June 3rd, an occultation of a star was predicted by 2014 MU69. This object is the next target for the New Horizons Extended Mission, an object that I discovered back in 2014. We're going to be flying by this body on January 1st, 2019, and we need to figure out more about it to help with our science planning. So there are three events, actually, this year, June 3rd, July 10, and July 17. And I just got back from the first of these three events for July 3rd. This was a mobile deployment. There were 22 16-inch telescopes that we bought, plus we added three others from the University of Virginia. The ground track for the shadow crossed South America and Southern Africa, so we sent 12 telescopes and teams to Mendoza, Argentina, and 13 telescopes and teams to South Africa. You may be interested to know that one of our own, Robert Reeves, from the Recon Project, joined us in Mendoza, Argentina, and I certainly hope to have him show up at the fall meeting and uh, recount some of his experiences on this project. I was present in Argentina leading the expedition there and also trying to provide guidance to the teams in South Africa. Argentina was fairly straightforward. Probably one of the most peculiar aspects of this deployment was we had an unusual contribution from the local police helping us out, which included um, a police escort to, to our observing site the very first night. This is not exactly how I would normally do this, because it took us about an hour to get everybody transported two kilometers up to the top of a hill in Mendoza. But it was an interesting experience, and we got a good night's worth of practice. Overall, we had great weather. Many mornings, there was a lot of clouds, and everybody woke up and saw the clouds and wondered, oh no, we're going to get clouded out for this event. But in the end... Our practice nights were good, and on the night of the occultation, all 12 of our teams had clear skies and collected good data. That's pretty amazing. Even more amazing is that also the teams in South Africa were also able to collect data, despite the fact that they had weather that was turning bad on them at the last minute. By comparison, the South African deployment had a much higher drama level. Due to the urging of the embassy in South Africa, we hired security teams to accompany the deployed mobile stations, and it was very expensive, but on top of that, there was a peculiar incident when one of the drivers of the security team was arrested for excessive speeding, going over 100 miles an hour on these rural roads in Africa. That's not exactly what I think of when I think of somebody hired to keep you safe. The extra driving 
for trying to get away from clouds definitely added to the stress factor of the deployment. But in the end, they all got data, though some were affected by clouds to more or less extent. One of the telescopes shipped to South Africa actually died in transit. The mirror came loose from its mount. The epoxy bond holding it onto the metal framework um, gave loose, and the mirror was just loose rattling around in the tube. They were able to repair the uh, epoxy bond, but they didn't use that telescope for the mobile deployments because it was taking too long for the epoxy to set and be full strength. In the end, almost two terabytes of data were collected, and all these data provide a probe of the region around MU69 to search for hazards. We're looking for dust, rings, anything that could pose a threat to the spacecraft as it flies through the system on January 1st. Final analysis of this will take many weeks, uh, and so far nothing has been seen, but we need to look harder and put actual limits on the amount of dust that could be there that we wouldn't have seen. Of course, one of the more exciting things of this is to, we were trying to get a solid body occultation to get the size of this object to help plan with New Horizons observations. One of the biggest things that we want to do is to figure out what the albedo of the surface is. It's possible it could be a very low albedo, say 4%, or it could be something up around the range of, say, 20%. The planning for the encounter will be very different in those two cases, and it would be nice to know because we don't get a chance to run the encounter, go back and do it again. We just get one shot. This event... If it's the biggest possible size of about 40 kilometers, only reveals a two-second dip in the starlight. And we were taking half-second exposure time, so it might be just four data points that are low. But if it's a smaller object than that, it'll be even fewer data points. It was a faint star. That's why we had these bigger telescopes. It's very difficult light curve extraction. I'm developing new tools to help pull out the data and see what we've got. I'm hoping to have some results soon, so stay tuned. Other occultations coming up. We have July 10. This event is a even fainter star, and it's only about 15 degrees away from a full moon, which makes it a very difficult observation. And the ground track only covers the wet parts of South America. But we have time on the SOFIA Airborne Observatory for this event, and we'll be flying based out of Christchurch, New Zealand, over the Pacific Ocean to get into the shadow path and try to get this event. On July 17, that's the third event of the year, this is the brightest star of the, the bunch, but it's in visible only from southern South America, crosses Chile and Argentina, and it's actually in the region known as Patagonia. That's the southernmost province of Argentina. It will be a very challenging observation. Good that it's a bright star, but bad that it's so far south and in the middle of winter in South America down there. And We've been told that 
there could be very challenging weather conditions to deal with. But I've been tracking the the weather there, and some days it's clear, some days it's cloudy. So there's a chance that we could succeed on that event too. Then six days after that one, there's an extra bonus event that I'm interested in, which is Chiriclo, and this is that centaur object that was discovered to have rings. And together with my colleague Bruno Sicardi from Paris, we might want to try to take advantage of these mobile telescopes that we have in Argentina. If we can move these telescopes to northern Argentina in time and get his observers trained on this equipment, we may be able to get a very interesting data set on this particular object. We'll see. It's not sure that we're going to be able to pull this off or not, but uh, we're going to give it a try. I want to wrap up this podcast with a couple of reminders. Don't forget, solstice is next week, the longest day in the northern hemisphere and the shortest day in the southern hemisphere. Observations with recon will resume in the fall, and we're looking forward to our fall team meeting in the Bend or Sun River area in Oregon. We'll be sending out information by email and on the website about the fall meeting, and I hope to see good representation from all the teams there. Well, that's it for this podcast. Let me know if you have a question or want more information about some aspect of recon or science in general. Don't forget to keep checking the website at tnorecon.net for project updates. Thanks for listening and for your interest in recon.